The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, history fans. We're off through the end of November, but we've got plenty of classic shows to tide you over. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson and it's November 22nd. Blackbeard died on this day in 1718. That was, of course, the nickname of an infamous pirate named Edward Teach, or perhaps Thatch. That nickname came from his big black beard, which he was reported to accentuate with lit matches or candles. He was probably born in Bristol, England, but like a lot of pirates, his origins and his early life are unclear. He probably got his start at sea as a privateer during Queen Anne's War, which was part of the War of Spanish Succession, shifting to outright piracy once that war was over and there was no military reason for him to be plundering French and Spanish ships anymore. He established a base on the Outer Banks of North Carolina, and his flagship, the Queen Anne's Revenge, had previously been a French slave ship called La Concorde, When he took this ship, he left most of the enslaved people aboard with the captain in a smaller sloop. He kept 61 aboard what became the Queen Anne's Revenge. It seems as though he absorbed these people into his crew rather than considering them to be enslaved. That was often how pirates handled the enslaved people that they captured. They treated them more as crew members than as enslaved workers, His fleet had up to four ships at any given time. They were crewed by as many as 200 men, and they plundered off the coast of North America and in the Caribbean, becoming really notorious. The peak of his piratical activity was from 1716 to 1718, after being mentored by Captain Benjamin Hornigold when he was serving as a member of Hornigold's crew. While the nations whose ships he was targeting feared and deplored him, for the most part, the population of the Carolinas tolerated or even encouraged Blackbeard's piracy off their coast. 
Local officials were willing to take bribes to look the other way, and his plundering of these other ships meant that the locals were getting duty-free goods that would be a lot more expensive otherwise. So he became something of a folk hero locally. That started to change, though, after he blockaded the port of Charleston in May of 1718 and took hostages that he didn't release until the city paid a huge ransom on them. The Queen Anne's Revenge and another of Blackbeard's ships, the Adventure, both ran aground not long after that, and they were lost. He had to break up a lot of his pirate company at that point and then to try to continue doing what he was doing in a much smaller sloop. Then he was killed in a battle in Ocracoke Inlet just about six months later on November 22, 1718. What started out as a naval battle between two ships ended with heavy fighting aboard the sloop of the Royal Navy Lieutenant Robert Maynard. The pirates were lured onto this sloop after what they had thought was a battle that they had won, but it turned out that Maynard and several uninjured men were hidden below decks. That final fight was very bloody, with Blackbeard being shot and struck with swords repeatedly before dying. Maynard returned to Virginia afterward with Blackbeard's head hanging from the bow. His body had been thrown overboard. The wreck of the Queen Anne's Revenge was found in 1996, and extensive underwater archaeological work has been done since then. Huge numbers of artifacts have been brought to the surface for conservation, and in some cases, display. The QAR Conservation Laboratory was dedicated for this purpose in 2004. Thanks to Casey Pegram and Chandler Mays for their audio work on this show. You can subscribe to the Stay in History class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And you can tune in tomorrow for an insurrection that lasted for months. Hello, and welcome to this Day in History class a show for those interested in the big and small moments of history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're talking about one of the most famous kisses in the galaxy and how it reflected a changing perspective on race in the late 1960s. The day was November 22nd, 1968. During a turbulent year for race relations in America, actors William Shatner and Nichelle Nichols shared a prominent kiss on an episode of Star Trek. According to Gallup polls, when the episode premiered, fewer than 20% of Americans approved of marriage between white and black people. While still pretty low, that was way up from the less than 5% who approved just one decade earlier. Acceptance of mixed-race relationships was on the rise in the U.S., and the kiss on Star Trek was an early sign of that changing point of view and of the victories of the ongoing civil rights movement. A campy 60s sci-fi show might seem like an odd vehicle for delivering a cultural message, but the genre and the show were actually well-suited to the task. As William Shatner once explained, quote, Setting Star Trek 300 years in the future allowed creator Gene Roddenberry to focus on the social issues of the 1960s without being direct or obvious. 
Despite its standing as a landmark moment in American television, the kiss between Shatner and Nichols is about as far from romantic as you can get. It takes place in a third season episode of the original series titled Plato's Stepchildren. The admittedly strange plot follows the crew of the USS Enterprise as they encounter a group of human-like aliens called the Platonians who patterned their culture after the teachings of the ancient Greek philosophers Plato and Socrates. Despite their high-minded culture, or perhaps because of it, the aliens turned out to be arrogant and cruel in the episode. Using their telekinetic powers, which is a whole story in itself, the aliens control the Enterprise crew like puppets for their own amusement. In one scene, they force an embrace between the black communications officer, played by Nichols, and the white captain, played by Shatner. Both characters attempt to resist, but in the end, Lieutenant Uhura and Captain Kirk are forced to kiss as the Platonians look on like the total creeps they are. The episode was slated to premiere just a little over a year after the Supreme Court delivered its historic ruling on the case of Loving v. Virginia. That decision struck down several state laws and declared interracial marriage legal in the United States. In light of the racial climate in the country, NBC executives were nervous when they saw the script for Plato's stepchildren. They were worried that an interracial kiss might upset their TV station affiliates and viewers in the Deep South. The scene was shot as scripted, but to appease the networks, the showrunners also filmed an alternate version with the kiss occurring off-screen. However, Nichelle Nichols later wrote in her autobiography that she and Shatner deliberately messed up their lines so that the original take would have to be used. She wrote, quote, We did a few takes, but Bill was deliberately trying to flub it. At one point, he even crossed his eyes to make me laugh. In the end, all the concern was for nothing. The episode aired with the kiss intact, and the network heard few complaints. According to Nichols, the episode did get more fan mail than the Paramount studio had ever received for a single episode of Star Trek, but the majority of letters were positive. In the decades that followed, intimacy between black and white characters became more and more common on television. But it's worth noting that the kiss between Kirk and Uhura wasn't the first TV kiss between actors of different races. In fact, it wasn't even the first interracial kiss on Star Trek. And that's to say nothing of earlier shows going as far back as the 1950s, such as I Love Lucy. It all depends on what you consider a kiss and how you distinguish one ethnicity from another. But the truth is, it doesn't really matter which TV kiss came before or after another. In the end, each one was important to someone watching at home, someone who was seeing their own relationships reflected on screen for the first time in their lives. That may sound like a stretch given the unromantic context of the kiss on Star Trek, but consider this. The kiss between Uhura and Kirk didn't shock any of the characters in the show. It's not played for laughs, and their difference in race isn't written as an issue for anyone. In fact, there's no comment or discussion of it at all. For some viewers, 
That was a welcome change from real life, and a chance to imagine a similar future for themselves. A better one, where they could love as they please without other people's hang-ups getting in the way. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed the show, consider rating and reviewing it on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any thoughts or suggestions you'd like to share, you can beam them on over to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.